Hey y'all, I'm VJ Hyde, and you're listening to Live from the Avant Garden, the greatest garden party podcast recorded straight out of a community garden plot in the DMV. I've been taking care of this small garden allotment for a little while and love the idea of sharing it with others. So the obvious step was to build a small makeshift stage and record a podcast in the middle of a park. Weather permitting, I'm going to be inviting all sorts of folks to the Avant Garden to not only hang out and talk about life and living, but also to play some live music in the great wide open to entertain my plant friends and perhaps even you. On our first episode, we're going to be hanging out with Eric Keller, an incredible local musician and educator who happens to be a longtime friend and musical companion. In the first segment, we'll spend some time getting the lay of the land, learning about what makes Eric laugh, and get some tips on how to make your garden stand out in the crowd. In the last part of the show, we'll get treated to an acoustic set of some of Eric's finger-licking-good finger-style music and have to put up with me gushing over his compositions. So put down your shovel and pick up that beat, because we're about to be live from the Avant Garden. What's up, dude? It turned out perfect, right? I'm recording us. What's that? I'm recording oh, us already. Good to see you. How are you? Good, man. It's beautiful. You haven't been here, right? Uh, I've been to the park, but not the garden area. Oh, it's really cool. We should yeah, do a little walk. It's oh, really nice, man. It's like... Look at those lips, man. <laughs> Very colorful. Yeah. And, you know, and this is definitely, you know, rolling... Rolling into winter yeah, right now, so things are starting to slow down. But there's like a, a forty-degree shift this morning. Yeah, it's crazy. I know. And out here in the sun, it's really nice. Yeah, it's perfect. So this is your pot, huh? Yeah. Nicely done, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it was. An awesome spot. It's really sweet. I mean, like it was literally just weeds when we got it, and we got it kind of late in the season, and so I just luckily I the the lady that has the double wide next door, she she's this like older Korean woman who's also a master gardener. Oh, that's, that's a nice Which resource. is a hookup. Yeah, and she she saw me like on my hands and knees pulling things up by my hands and she was like, no, 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 hold on. Let me give you this. And that's she so sweet. she gave me this thing's called a homie. And it's really is that awesome. What you're gonna use me for? This is why I brought you here today. Okay, I'm your homie. Uh, <laughs> you and my little homie are gonna hang out and we're gonna do weeds. Um, I actually brought a tool today, too. Oh, good. I'm glad. We'll definitely put you to work today. Um, yeah, so this is this basic, this little guy, and then this handheld scythe she also gave me. They're over there uh, that just did short shrift of all the weeds, and then I had to just, like, go crazy and put um, put some kind of plants in the ground by a certain date. And I just did my best. I put rows right. together. I'd never done rows before. Never had a big enough garden plot right. to, to have to do that. So, so now you can see I'm doing a I'm working out the so footprint it, for next year. Nice, Keller. Are you going to do like raised beds or? or yeah. So well, kind of. So like, I have, like, I did these like pallet beds, just like super quick, um, like yeah, early on, and then yeah, and then. But what I'm going to do is you can see where the the rope is along the side. I'm going to make all of this just big fat raised ground not necessarily beds but ground and then i'm going to do rows on top it was sort of inspired by the people that are kitty corn over there um they have i'll show you later they have like the way it's set up is really i mean it's a great use of space and really have a beautiful beautiful garden so i want to kind of do a close facsimile to that 
with with my limited space because they have a slightly larger plot so i don't know i'll do what i can and i'm gonna so all of that's gonna be raised 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 around there i've got that i'm building out that over there with this crazy contraption is a uh it used to be a compost pile from the previous gardener but mid midway through the summer we got a like a thing saying that they had we had a rat problem up yeah, here in no the upper composting. gardens so no more composting for you so I had to just kind of flatten it out, and it's yeah. good because now I have a bunch of Probably bags of compost. Fertile. Yeah, it is for the weeds, yeah. So I've got to, like, that's a bunch of those bags and stuff are all, like, cool, extra compost that I've had and to kind of fill this stuff in and start working for the next year. But right now i got leaks. i gotta, I got to take a leak. You need a, you need a plumber, man. I know. I got this one old carrot that's having fun. These peppers have been rocking all I don't summer. Like the way that carrot's looking at me. I wouldn't either if I were you. It's a man-eating carrot. It's uh. Awesome. Yeah, I got it. I got it in the mail over the pandemic from China. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. Um, yeah, most of the seeds here are from those those pandemic seed packs. Yeah. I just decided to make this a I've pandemic ordered, seed pack garden. Mats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have a wet market over there. <laughs> um, so eventually it'll be pretty rad down here. It was about 10 years ago now, and um, when I was getting married, I was looking on Craigslist before it was creepy for a, uh, for a, for a guitarist for my wedding. <laughs> so I guess this was longer than that. Yeah. And, um, and I heard his recordings. Um, his name is Piat Zelinsky, and he was the kind of... Um, I think, I, I guess you would call it band leader or whatnot of the Aurora Guitar Quartet. And uh, he, you know, I saw that he had graduated with his master's degree from Peabody, which is John Hopkins School of Music, considered one of the best classical guitar programs in the world. And it showed he was just a Killer. phenomenal guitar player. I, yeah. I believe he was a bit of a prodigy. I was teaching for my living at that point um, poorly. <laughs> but it, you know kind of out of necessity you know started teaching guitar then and um and uh i realized like wow i gotta i gotta study with this guy you know um you know i was a pretty decent guitar player at the time but did you feel like you be you you learned sort of not not explicitly or directly from him but kind of implicitly more pedagogy techniques that you then started to apply as a teacher then? oh i definitely i kind of took it uh you know i took it as an opportunity to learn better technique and musicianship yeah and um i got really strong at reading and better at sight reading and all yeah. that stuff and i mean he was giving me some really by the end of my studies for five years with him he was giving me like kind of out there benjamin Britten pieces oh, that i cool. would think that had like no time signature in the front and it changed time signature every measure and it yeah. was you know like really odd rhythms that it, you had to spend a lot of focus on and that's probably kind of what the piece that got, i had to be like i, I had a baby at that a couple like a three-year-old and a baby at that time and i was like I, I i can't study this i just but uh babies in britain don't mix no no definitely not <laughs> it was a fortuitous craigslist posting that i came across and yeah. got him to play my wedding and and studied with him for a bunch of years and i even studied voice with his with delia Zelensky for a while oh that's cool um they came to one of my solo performances at a pizza place and they're very supportive coming all the way out from rockville yeah. to, to alexandria virginia and uh 
I like to sing. I'm not, I was never, you know, I never considered myself a singer or vocalist, but I like to do it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mainly, when I was performing prior to moving to Virginia um, a bunch of years ago, I would just do like instrumental. And that gets, you know, it could be nice, but you have to really have a lot of dense content in order to make it even relatively interesting. And so I started adding so, uh, voice, and they, and they heard me sing, and they're like, you know, uh, your guitar playing sounding great. Um, you know, Delia teaches voice. <laughs> I, I didn't take it as a as a yeah. insult, but I'm like, you know what? You're right. I should probably yeah. learn how to do this a little yeah, bit better. It's huge. It's a big so I, I got introduced to the concept of breath control and yeah. you know hitting the right notes. <laughs> and I try my best. It's hard, man. Yeah. You know? And especially because you're doing a lot of like really complicated stuff on the guitar, both hands. Yeah. And then so that's already splitting up a lot of brain bandwidth. Yeah. And then to then throw a melody line, hitting pitch, thinking in a way harmony too. Right. Um, maybe not again explicitly, but in some ways you you are just automatically. But like that's a lot to go with. With and then to breathe and to hold and to keep technique. Because when you're doing your stuff, you need technique. Like you were saying, like yeah. that technique is a huge aspect of being able to well, continue it, what you the play. With you know, you hear something in your head and you. And, and hopefully this is the way, like, when you write, when I try and write, I try and write what I want to hear. Yeah. And um, a lot of times, you know, sometimes we write with the physical limitations that we're giving or kind of, um, you know, if you have a finger pattern on the right hand, like an arpeggiation or something, like that kind of, that might influence what you write. But it also might, you might discover things that you might not have heard. Yeah. But anyway, I try and do what I hear and... And sometimes it, it's a even writing your own stuff is a bit of a puzzle and figuring out how to do the, the best, you know, left hand finger placements and, you know, right hand patterns and whatnot or mm -hmm. uh, assignments. So I, you know, I'd been playing certain instrumental pieces that I'd written for years ago and I kind of reworked them after I studied with him and was able to play them much better and cleaner sure. and uh, all that. So that was helpful. One of the things that we want to talk about today, obviously, is gardening. Because I think that's on all of the listeners' minds. What is going on with your garden at home? Because I know you and your wife have a very lovely backyard oh, garden. Oh, thank you. Well, that is... Emily is the family gardener. She yeah. is a biology major at where where we met at Appalachian State University. and uh, She was working on the man-eating carrot. She, she developed that time. herself, yeah. just by herself in her undergrad time. Yeah. No, um... She, uh, yeah, and, um, and once we left college in 2001, we moved out to Washington State, kind of separately together. Um, she was, she got, uh, like a, a geographic information system internship and, you know, uh, mapping vegetation in the Cascades. Mm -hmm. I did an internship with the parks and then got a, um, in the Olympic Peninsula, so it was pretty far away, but then, uh, she got, um, you know, a, a gig at Mount Rainier as a, you know, entry-level biologist position doing DVEG, which is removing invasive species, mm -hmm. like oxy-daisy. Mm -hmm. uh, so daisies mm -hmm. were all over the place and growing out of control and destroying local plants that couldn't out, that were getting outcompeted. So anyway, yeah. so she's, she, and um, so our home here in Virginia, she, we have about, eight perhaps like four by four plots and um and 
she uh, this year she she wasn't as as diligent as she has been in previous years. But mm-hmm. um, it's a you know setting up a garden as you know is kind of a lot, there's a lot of work on that front end, and yeah. of course there's a lot of work, continuous work. Yeah. But that front end stuff like making the beds and getting the soil to be fertile is. Um, it takes years and well, that's, seasons. That's exactly right. Yeah, you guys have had it now for a while. It's yeah. grown. A, it's grown a little bit, or has it stayed in the same kind of footprint? We, we we've uh, expanded a little bit. Yeah. But um, you know, it's you can do a lot with a little. Yeah, that's true. Um, and like a lot, of, we would, you know, we've been there's a you got to find that kind of balance between um, uh, you know, like the harvest cycle. Like we would like when we when we first started the garden or when she first started garden. I'm just kind of like the manual labor here, so right, I'm, right, I'm talking right. out my ass, really. <laughs> um, but um, I, I shoveled. I was the wondering mulch. why you were sitting like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's better for the microphone. Uh, right now, with my head right. in the chair, like right, this. right, with the near field mic set. Right. right. Yeah. Um, she was really ch- trying to figure out. Through, you know, and it's a process that you you learn every season, I, I guess. Yeah. And um, uh, how to kind of evenly distribute the um, you know, the the harvest uh, schedule. So we were we would end up with like two way too many tomatoes at sometimes. Yeah. And so she's a she's a massive t- fan of tomatoes, heirlooms, and uh-huh. whatnot, and um, different types. Um, and uh, and. She typically, I think she typically, by starts, but sometimes we'll grow from seed. I was going to say, do you... Not quite as often as, you know, getting just starts from the garden center and whatnot. Um, We do have, like, an arrow arrow garden for for that purpose. Oh, that's cool. Um, Yeah. um, And we've done that a couple seasons, or she's done that a couple seasons. Yeah. Um, But I think... uh, So... uh, so then we are trying to do a bit more of, uh, you know, you know, less of one thing and, and try and try and space it out. So we had, uh, you know, the harvest cycle of certain things, sure. less, l- less mass quantities, yeah. more stuff happening at the same time. Yeah. 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 So you can kind of, it's more practical. Yeah. So we could, you know, actually like edible. And- yeah. And so we started, you know, she started, we started getting into canning and, uh-huh. or jarring, I should say, and pickling uh-huh. and stuff like that. And, um, and there's just only so many, like, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. so much room to store that stuff. So we would, you know, and it's better. I like kind of eat stuff fresh as opposed to. Right. One of my favorite things this summer when I was getting some good stuff going with the peppers and some of the tomatoes was just like running here from the house while I was in the middle of like preparing a salad and being like, ah, we need some peppers and we need some tomatoes. I'll be right back. Nice. And just like running here, grabbing a couple of tomatoes, going to Safeway. Peppers. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Heading to Seven Eleven, getting a cold one, then coming right. back to the house and finishing up. But no, but seriously, like it was, it's, it, it was so fun and you know to have it that fresh and like literally like picked seconds before being put into the salad and then on the table. Oh yeah, and like nice. being able to like yeah, having like a harvest cycle that you can it, actually it, manage. It's a good peace of mind knowing that you haven't like sprayed a bunch of pesticides on right it. and you know i mean we we don't use them yeah and do you guys like use any organic stuff like i have some neem oil spray that i, I think make she, i and... think there's some sort of garlic spray we use sometimes uh-huh. yeah stuff. you know one one issue also is if 
of, of course, pests. And, and, yeah. And the R blight will mess up your whole tomato crop. Oh, my if, gosh. If, it's, if you use the same. So much stuff. You yeah. know, so you, diversity of mm -hmm. seed and whatnot is important, I guess, mm -hmm. for making sure you don't just get wiped out. One of the things I was talking to Think one of the master gardeners over here was space like kind of like you were saying too is spacing uh -huh. um and not overcrowding so like doing right. a few not doing like you know like like i put a whole bunch of different peppers in one place and a right. whole bunch of tomatoes in a long row and you know i think that in some way when i when the blight started come when the blight started to come <laughs> around <laughs> then it just came it just gave the right environment out of potatoes oh my potatoes oh, what am i gonna do um, so it was, but I think, so what I'm going to try to do this coming season again is now like, well, after I kind of flip everything is just plant less, you yeah, know, and hope exactly. and that'll grow more, evidently, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, I wish I, I wish I did a little research on what she was actually, so she has a couple books on that specific subject and I wish I remember oh, right what on. it was. Yeah. But, um, you know, uh, and I see you've got... A bunch of the, are these marigolds yeah i did so it. yeah th those are really beneficial for mm -hmm. you know and she disperses marigolds throughout every plot yep um and um i and also did a lot of nasturtium this year too cool. with it too um and i think that so finding beneficial matches yeah for for each plot yeah um is important mm -hmm. and it's something that she's been doing i think the one thing though i always I, what I at least dealt with this year is kind of overcrowding with those beneficials, oh, yeah. um, and which is fine though because they're they're super helpful for the pollinators. Like so, mm -hmm. like I didn't feel too bad. Like yeah. I don't think it's super overcrowding the root systems that badly. But I was thinking you got too many flowers. Here. Oh my god, this garden is way too floral, my friend. I just hate the colors. I know. <laughs> But the bees love it. And, like, you know, like, as I was trying to start kind of prepping to, you know, fix everything for the winter and switch every all, everything around, you know, I was, like, you know, holding off from pulling out any of these marigolds unless they were really dying. Um, just because I, every time I would turn around, there would be another bee popping up. And, right. you know, it's like, oh, I'm not going to pull yeah. you, you know. So yeah, we need you guys. Yeah, man. Um, but as you can see, like along, this was cucumber. This cucumber was very prolific this year. It looks like it was. Um, and but I but I was fighting. At least that. a lot of albums that cucumber. They, <laughs> they um, they're my favorite band. Um, <laughs> this this mulberry um, has been Evil here. Mulberry. It got really bad brown spot, and it's just spread throughout. Like all yeah, this that stuff will mess the fence line up. Oh man, it's just so annoying. So I had to I had to I'm gonna have to really cut a lot of that down and try just, to fight some of that. You should just take a bunch of salt and just salt the earth. That's there. what I was thinking of. I was thinking of just doing that. Kind of just everywhere else yeah, in everyone around, else's garden. Just, just, just to the give them line, a little yeah. extra help. Yeah. Um, although, oddly enough, Epsom salt does work well well for ground. I'm serious. Oh. It's a little... I'll throw that in with a little... Uh, with a little, like, if I'm mixing up some stuff. Yeah. You know, like... Um, some some you know soils for like starter or okay. whatever uh just a little bit of epsom salt um does help not table salt but epsom and salt and then i put the dirt and the salt in the bath and then i soak yeah and then i, I soak it all clean, i get though. us all together in the bath and we have a good soak um what a perfect day yeah i know right it just turned out amazing i, I am 
going to get I told you so for my kid. I made him wear pants today. It was 36 <laughs> degrees when I sent him off to school, and he's like, I don't want to wear pants. I know. I made mine wear a big, heavy jacket. It was like, dude, it's freezing out. Yeah. Now he's going to be like, Dad, I was hot at recess. <laughs> you made me wear pants. <laughs> I hate wearing pants. <laughs> I get it, kid. You get a call from the principal. Uh, your Elliot's son, your son's <laughs> streaking again. <laughs> and? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's your tr- that's your problem till 2.30. What uh, is that fruity and tree there? Um, oh, that's a good question. That looks like a peach of some sort. What is that? Is that a purse? Persimmon? Persimmon? Yeah, Persimmon? Yeah, it might be. Persimmon. That's how they, I think that's how they pronounce it in French. Persimmon. 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 Um, yeah, very well could be. It's funny, like, you have to, you do have to be careful around here because you definitely have to lock things up because people will be like, oh, look at this free stuff around here. This is just like the construction site. It's just, just like at. the abandoned construction. Look at this abandoned garden. Right. Um, and, uh, but there is a lot of stuff along the edges that you do see people foraging all the time. Oh, that's cool. Like, you know, the, that are running the perimeter of the garden spot. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a really awesome space out here, man. It's nice. It it's been here feel for a like long time. Within the beltway at all. Right. Now, the only thing is that since it's close to those uh, courts, you definitely hear, like, Sports a little scene. later in the day, you hear a lot of, like, yeah, basketball, which to me is fine. Speak, I kind of. Yeah, I like it, but. Um, and then the, you have the street sounds, but ultimately, ah, you know, I'm fine with it. It's a nice little getaway for sure. Oh, yeah. Getaway, getaway. Yeah, Emily's really the one you want to be interviewing for this. I know, I know. (laughs) I don't really need you here. No. I just brought you here for the tunage. Perfect, I'll do your intro. I know. So, yeah, no, this this is just a fun little idea. I just want to, like, because literally all I want to do is be here. Zoom, zoom, zoom. And then zoom, zoom, zoom. And then a boom, boom every so often. Shake around. Make a boom, boom in the the back over here. There's a bumblebee on a marigold. Um... And so, like, I was just like, you know what, let me just, like, start inviting people over, recording, talking about stuff, having fun for a little while, and making nice. some music, and then, you know, I also like listening to podcasts, so, like, put it out on a podcast. That's like, I'm putting out music, might as well put out something I also like to listen to in a totally different medium. Right. Something I've never messed with, you know, which I think will be kind of fun to just keep me from jumping off a bridge. Don't do that. Why would I do that? I've got a podcast. This was the first concert I ever saw. Get out of here, really? Paul Simon and Lady Oh, Mazda man, that must grade. have been amazeballs. It was. It was. Wow. It was, it was life-changing. Dude. Even as a fifth grader, it was... I took notice. <laughs> that is so cool. My first one was Metallica, Danzig, and Suicidal Tendencies. Oh, that's pretty cool. Which was also pretty cool. Oh, wow. I didn't know Danzig and Metallica and Suicidal. I didn't know they even did a tour. It was during the Black Album. Oh, okay. Um, and it was right when Mother had come out from uh, Danzig. And Suicidal is uh, eternal. <laughs> so we could just end the conversation there. Yeah, so... I liked all those bands then. I didn't actually... I shouldn't say. I like two of the three of those bands. I never got into Suicidal Tendencies. Oh, my God. That was, like, one... Literally, my two childhood 
like when I was a little boy was suicidal tendencies in the misfits like that, I like them I, I listen to a lot was, of misfits oh my gosh I love them yeah they were yeah, my suicidal kind of my first real punk love yeah I mean I, you know I like I like Ramones are catchy and stuff uh huh they, like Ramones and Sex Pistols I guess they were kind of they felt like more like products a hundred percent. Even though, yeah, and they they became that. If anything, yeah. I mean, I guess the Ramones weren't really, but I mean, they yeah, were, they they kind of started off. But as, the thing with the Misfits is that they're just so raw, and it's also that like they had they were they were going for like there was a punk aesthetic to it that was also coming from that horror yeah, world, right? And you know, and loving like the you know the just. That the skull side. and the makeup and uh, it wasn't yeah. goth necessarily, but it wasn't. But it was also, but the music was like you know what they were singing about. Yeah, and what they were singing about. You know, I want your Kinda skull <laughs> and <laughs> right. mommy, can I go out and kill tonight? Right. And, and it, you know, like all the the image. Speaking of the imagery of that stuff, was it's perfect for teenage and little boys, you know. But it's also like. It's got that horror movie in, in the 80s, feel maybe. to it. <laughs> Today, I don't know. God only knows. I'm frightened of teenage boys I listening to that stuff these days. No offense. <sighs> but yeah, I mean, I think that that's one of the things that set the Misfits apart in their way. And also, they had that sort of Jersey kind of vibe to them. Yeah, yeah. It was like, you know, it was a different I was type. in Jersey then. Yeah. Like at the point that they were all yeah. big. And I was definitely rebelling as much as I possibly could uh-huh. at that point in my life. And so... They are fun to listen to, then. Toad, oh my gosh, yes. Fuck yes. God, I know. And it's so funny to see, like, them now. Like, I saw when they did their first reunion tour back in, like, 90-something, 96, maybe. Um, they got back together without Glenn Danzig. And... Because he got uh, knocked out so hard by that bouncer. Uh, <laughs> I think that might have been a few years. I don't know if that was around the same time. But yes, yeah, so that's so funny. It's a bad one. But um, the... I was... I remember this. I was in... It was it was in the Roseland Theater in Manhattan. And afterwards, I, we like were in like some bodega. It was filled with metalheads. And me and my buddies were, were like at the middle of the line. And we're having this conversation talking about the show. And I'm like, I don't know, you guys, like, fucking Misfits Without Danzig was fucking bullshit. Like, that was kind of awful, you know? And, like, and all these dudes around me were like, yeah, fuck that without Misfits. But then my friend, with Janeiro, who is this crazy, he was like, nah, fuck you, man. <laughs> that was fucking awesome. And then all of a sudden, like, the tide turned against me in the <laughs> line. And then all these other guys were like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> so funny. And I was like, no, I still stand by it. Right. <laughs> it's not the same without dancing. You can beat me up all you want. <laughs> we'll be right back. And we're back. Now get ready to dig some tunes. Since this is a gardening podcast, is that what this is? That's the, the gardening slash music slash <coughs> VJ life. Um, I wrote a song a long time ago called for that wedding of mine called Garden Processional. It's just kind of cool. It's a song. I'm not gonna sing it. Thank you. 
I love the way your song mind works. Like, like I don't know. Your the, your the, your harmonic choices like are always so cool. What's that one called again? Uh, well, that was a garden. I call that garden processional. Okay. And I, uh, you know, there are words that I'm not gonna sing, um, sure. but um, yeah, I, I wrote it um, prior to getting married, obviously. Um, and it's about uh, kind of. Oh gosh, my English teachers would. It's a analogous. Analogous. Uh, do I use a? I use the garden as kind of a metaphor for starting a family. Mm. Is that? Is that, And so, sure. You know, it's about watching the garden grow and and some of the layers are rise and overflow. Anyway, it's, it's kind of it's it's about wanting to start a family with Emily. Is, yeah, is, is what the words That's are. And 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 since she's a gardener, I kind of used growing a garden because it's a lot of work and it's colorful and it's beautiful but it can you know it can you <laughs> get can be, weedy and, and you get the blight yeah you can get the blight and, and get potatoes uh, poor potatoes. No, it's potatoes oh my wife emily's potatoes have never been the same yeah. since the boy's been right since the dream got married let her hear you say that. your potatoes are great Oh, so that's a nice one, man. Yes, yes. What is it? Do you have a new one? Anything new I, that you've been working on? Well, I, I do. I, I wrote. Let me see here. I'm gonna. It's actually in the same key, so that is nice. I guess it'll be. Is consistent. this in any alternate tuning at the moment? Uh, I just had it drop D's on the, you know, just on the sixth and fifth uh, first string. Yeah. And this is just gonna be a drop D on the sixth string. If I can tune properly. Speaking of good ears and whatnot. You're a knuckle cracker, huh? Yeah. Started when I was a kid and couldn't ever stop. So I wrote this like at a uh, on a porch in a beach in the Outer Banks of North Carolina, and uh, I've actually it's I wrote it on guitar, but I've recently transcribed it for a horn section. So oh, cool. It's um, using mostly just like a major pentatonic in D and. Um, and when I started plugging it into a program, like a just like a notation program, I'm like, oh, this would be a cool horn line. So that's how it's kind of I perceive it to be. One day, mm. I met a really great uh, saxophone player from the um, Marine Corps band. Oh, right. Uh, he like he was at my our family go to we go to a pool, and he played the national anthem before one of the meets, and his tone was just impeccable. Wow. And. Uh, and I and I asked him if he ever like would consider get, you know doing a recording if I you know, paid him for recording. He was like, oh yeah. So I kind of wrote this song with having horns horns in mind. That's cool.
Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's what I did. I want to hear that new song, Honky Tonk King Kong. That's funny, because I just learned that song, <laughs> Neighbor. <laughs> I'd like to hear it. Here you go. Um, that is gorgeous. That's putting man. me to sleep, man. Yeah, no, that's definitely wow, a... That just so a, watching the waves and the pelicans yes. kind of go by. 100%. Especially that end. Nice. And I love that little, like, pentatonic run you do there. Like, in the like sort of closer nice. to the, coming into the end. Like, do do Yeah, the hard part about that tune is... And, and I'm, I haven't played played in a few days, so... Oh, a long time, actually. Uh, like, uh, not very warm. But it's keeping that thumb yeah. going. Well, you have impeccable rhythm. I mean, it was great oh, tempo. Thanks. It didn't seem for, you know, for it me. It was just, I, I, I you know, there are spots I want back to. Sure. <laughs> you have to really think through every... Yeah. Uh, like, where that bass line um, falls in place within the melody uh -huh. so that you know exactly, like, what your left hand is... Or, you know, what your treble voice is doing right. when you're trying to do that bass voice. And you're syncopating throughout because of it. Yeah. Well, there, there, there's some, there's some, there's melody, some right? spots that are, like, much more obvious. Yeah. And then, but sometimes in the melody, yeah, there's definitely maybe some accent, you know, the offbeats or mm -hmm. that syncopation. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a, it was a fun little piece to write. And That's really pretty. I'm hoping oh. to make it uh, more fully realized one day. Yeah. With that horn section in there, man? Yeah. That so would like, be really cool. Where was the horn like, section? Are you where I'm really thinking of the horn section is like uh, here. Um, like all these intervals here. Yeah. And then this part too. There's those just kind of intervals there. That would um, be really with two pretty. horns or oh yeah maybe a little french horn in there maybe yeah no, a french horn would be nice i just don't know if that will ever happen <laughs> well, with all those people that sure. i actually hear in my head what you know that's but i like the guitar i like the guitar i love it too. that sounds beautiful. it works gosh it's gorgeous thanks dude yeah man. um so I've, I've been trying to get away from some of the kind of depressing minor key stuff i i tend to gravitate to. Yeah, I like the ma the major intonations a lot more in there is kind of stuck out to me. Yeah, yeah. You had, you but had most a couple of, my... of those little tritonal kind yeah. of, you know, you know, but yeah, but at the same time, right. you could definitely hear. Well, well, I'm just talking about like uh, just other compositions that I've been, I kind of tend to gravitate to like minor keys sometimes. And, right. I mean, part of it is just like you explore certain keys at certain times of your you know writing music mm -hmm. for a couple of years there was, i was just kind of into different minor key scales and whatnot and would, kind of would, would you say d minor is the saddest of all the keys <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i agree i agree with that statement <laughs> <laughs> same tune <coughs> well I just tuned back to standard I'm gonna do okay. a, a minor key slow one um, so this is kind of
think we might have awakened a man-eating carrot. Uh, look out. <laughs> look yeah. out, carrot. Look out, bee that's not a bee. <laughs> that's awesome. Thanks, man. That one has so many cool changes in it. That's what I was talking about. Like, that's such an Eric song to Thanks. me. I love it. Thanks. Like, when it goes into that... It's almost like like cause you you hit a lot of like I like I hear some like Jimmy kind of stuff that you know oh, yeah. the time, right but then like that was there, there's that run that ends in a like like a, that diminished chord up top yeah there that like you know gives me those like gypsy vibes kind of right. and then the intro to it immediately i guess maybe because it's like that e minor kind of right. feel and kind of like a more it made me think of um a plant that was growing here <laughs> over the over the summer was this, all of a sudden what i didn't really, plant so i'll get there it oh, was okay. this oh, i didn't realize Tell me now. next is pepper <laughs> don't make me stick the carrot on you <laughs> It was next to this pepper, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like it, it, it sort of camouflaged in until it bloomed. And all of a sudden, it was this gorgeous flower, like alien-looking flower, orchid-like looking, Ooh. but not exactly, kind of like a nightshade. And it turned out to be a night, like in the nightshade family. Um, and what I found interesting when I looked it up, I, of course, I can't think exactly of the name of it, but it was... Um, it was used by Civil War soldiers in this area. Um, it's known as Richmond Weed, is one of its colloquial names. I think that's now I think trademarked. That's, that's actually, yes, that's actually a company out there in Richmond at the moment. But, it, but then it was used, um, they would use it sort of for its properties that would kind of get you drunk, like that kind of nightshade Ooh. high that'll kind of kill you it's if like you're not careful. Like, like a blowfish sushi restaurant. Right, right, right. Um, and like, so I thought it was really, really cool. So it made me think of like the that that piece at the beginning. Oh, a part of it made me think of like the Civil War soldiers, kind of like trekking through this area, you know, and like yeah. smoking weeds that would like you yeah. know depress well, that's, their that's cool. that would kill them. I um, <laughs> I, tr- I try and write my melodies to be a bit visual, you know, like yeah. I want to. I mean, I would like. I, I mean, I like I like if I, would be, I love hearing that it evoked an image in your head because yeah, I try and you know like when you write, you know I studied a little bit of English at one point and like creative writing you want to put the reader in a like you want them to be able to see everything yeah. that you are describing you know yeah. be, and like put them in a place and I, I think music can kind of have the same effect um, and of course it's personal and different for everyone you're not describing the same scene for everyone's mind but like yeah well so in the same way that a writer's you know words are going to evoke a similar scene in a reader's mind it's never going to be exactly the same way with right. each reader same way as the listener it might be not you know it might not bring up those exact you know referential images for everybody but it's definitely your yeah your melodies um definitely evoke a lot of imagery i appreciate that like i think about like pig hook oh yeah um which is a very simple melody but yeah. so evocative i really like that uh that one interval that i've always i don't know what is it i don't know it's just like well it's just a half step yeah yeah um 
It's going to that tritone, that flat five, right? Yeah. Because you're going from the A, it's an E to an E flat, right? Uh, yeah, right, right, exactly. It is that flat five. Yeah, so. tritone, the devil's interval. The devil's chord, Speaking yes. of. Um, yeah, and I just think that that's a huge reason why you get those, because you, you, you come up with those really cool, tense moments that, that then resolve to even more interesting chords right. like like it resolves to a diminished chord or 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 like in one of them there was a really cool resolution i heard that resolved to uh no you were going from that major to a dominant seven but you were resolving to a dominant seven it was in that this the end it. of the it, I think it was when you were ending. Oh, it was this somewhere. Ends, I think this is probably just a an E minor. No, no, no. It was in one of the, it was in that first song anyway. Oh, oh. You, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, uh, you go, yeah. I'm, I, I can't remember. I, I think it was near the end, but anyway, it was just this resolution. That I was like, wow, he's resolving to a dominant seven, so it's get, still kind of throwing you off, but like it's totally perfect. Like, mm-hmm. and I love that, and it totally makes me feel and see through that cool, changes Thanks. yeah it's cool I, I mean i don't really think of the theory when i'm writing it necessarily yeah sure um i just kind of do what i hear yeah or or i might make a mistake and be like oh that was a cool mistake absolutely Bob right. Ross it. yeah right right that's a happy little uh, uh, tritone yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just when in doubt i'll write a tritone <laughs> like at the end i'm kind of i think i was overkilling it with that tritone at the end of that last one but Oh no! You can never. It's been, it, it, for my money, you can never <laughs> overdo a tritone. Ever, I appreciate it. Ever. Yeah. Yeah, but I like the. Well, like, you I, could in the past because it, it would get you killed. That's absolutely true. One of the cool things about the songs you've played so far is there's, you can hear you throughout, Thank but you. they're also very stylistically, not you know, like have very different placements that you know vibes and feelings which is really cool I like yeah that. those are all written at different times which and, makes sense you know mm-hmm. um, which one is the one that you most recent one that was you the just, second one okay, the, okay. Um, I wrote that this summer I can see that because there's so much cool complex lines going on yeah. that like only a seasoned guitar yeah. player could come up I mean with I knew that vocabulary like it was just kind of the pentatonics and I just I had, when I was writing that I was like wait a second like I don't need those two extra notes Sure. Like, this song is going to be more con- like that's what's cool about those scales. Like you can, you know, it's just super. Con- they're super concise and um, and uh, you know, I have to apologize, VJ. I didn't Thank really you. Prepare it's about anything. time. <laughs> oh god, that's <laughs> been a long time coming. <laughs> is that what this is all about? You got it on tape. <laughs> that's all I needed. We could shut this whole parade and down. cut. <laughs> <laughs> Just gotta put that on a loop. Squeezes in a vice until the blood is stopped 
He'll pollinate a song inside your flowered ear and watch black honey drop. The old wicked slides his long folk tongue down in your throat and slithers it around until the bio's gone. The rye is left to rot inside the boiling copper pot while the fire's on. No good chords here, no, VJ. No good chords, so just, just bad chords. Just terrible. I love them.
Keller's music, go follow him on Bandcamp and Instagram at Creaking Hands. Live from the Avant Garden and its theme song are produced by VJ Hyde. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcatcher. Follow us on Instagram and tune in next time. <laughs>